We the bacteria, as told to Thomas Fekita. After a series of debates at the Pan-Bacterial Council, we, the bacteria, are reaching out to communicate formally with humans for the first time. We have deliberately kept this brief despite our four billion years on Earth, and despite the challenge of consensus among our innumerable genera and species, many now gone, rest in peace. We apologize if this is oversimplified, but we felt it was necessary to make our wor world intelligible to a less complex but worthy species. We bring the regrets of our sister domain, Archaea, who refused to leave their thermophilic and methanogenic environments to participate, but we understand their hesitancy. Our recent agreement to go public with our lifestyle was not quickly decided. It started with our ancestors, who worried that Antony van Leeuwenhoek might out us in the 17th century. A. van Leeuwenhoek, as he is known to us, got so distracted by rotifers and sperm that he put aside his discovery of bacteria, much like Columbus's so-called discovery of the Americas, thus giving us more time to contemplate our decision. Many of our members still wave their flagella when they hear that A. van Leeuwenhoek was voted the fourth greatest Dutchman of all time, though in all fairness, ahead of Rembrandt and Van Gogh, whom we respect more. The discussion of communication with humans was tabled for two more centuries, but the work of Louis Pasteur, L. Pasteur, and Robert Koch, R. Koch, put humans back on our agenda. We were impressed by L. Pasteur and grateful that he showed that our lives are not the chaos of spontaneous generation favored by our human establishment. That some of our constituencies have complained about his vaccines and there's general resentment about pasteurization, which we call torture. We chuckled when R. Koch developed the so-called postulates that were clever in their day, but about as useful now as training wheels in the Tour de France. And more than a few of us giggle when a species name is spoken in English. And do not pretend that you don't giggle too. Many of our gut members have already reported this. Our correspondence to you started in what you call the late 19th century, but a lack of urgency, did we mention our four billion years, which makes your puny existence as a species a standing joke in prokaryotic circles, is kind of our thing. We cannot deal with every misconception that a human-focused look at us engenders, but we can start to set things right. First, we resent being called simple. Which is simpler? Stonehenge or a cheap calendar, a grandfather clock or an Apple watch. All four of these things have their own complexity. Yes, a human is much bigger than a bacterium, but which one is ounce for ounce more complex? Many of us can make all of our amino acids from our diets, whereas you can barely make half. And while we both need iron, our iron collecting molecules make a mockery of your primitive ferritin and transferrin. Respect, people. Let's talk about sex now. Yes, we are mature enough to talk about it because we invented it. Oh, not the kind you're thinking of. Just mature bacterium on bacterium sex, which you dishonor by calling it conjugation. We are not animals. Some of us enjoy a rare dalliance with a sharing of DNA, but we do not do it for lust. We invented pheromones, which you clumsily modify to make perfumes, a wholly inferior product. When it comes to having sex, we do it as Mother Nature intended, a natural and plasmid-based form of intimacy. We do not deny that some of us engage in what you call transformation. 
We think of that as recycling, which, by the way, we help you with in your landfills and compost piles. So again, you're welcome. Please stop pursuing your prurient interest in our intimate moments, and we might, but probably not, stop causing gonorrhea and syphilis. We've heard that you are proud of your Morse code and wireless radio broadcasts. They are charming to us as well. But when it comes to mass communication, frankly, we invented it and are still the reigning champions. What you call quorum sensing might be how you run your shoddy elections, but our precise chemical signaling has so much more subtlety, and we happily remind you that bacteria did not design the Electoral College. We swim in our communication stream, but also use subtle signaling in our cities that you call biofilm. You cannot imagine how much we shake our pillai in laughter at your metropolis concept with a population of a mere few million, when each of our colonies has a population at least 100 times larger. We know it's not polite to respond like this, but your unmitigated gall to talk down to us does bring out a modicum of rudeness and schadenfreude. Speaking of cities, we are proud of our construction practices and happy to be able to maintain a dense urban population while also enjoying a bucolic rural lifestyle. When you see us in your delicious broth cultures, which really are spectacular, and we thank you for them, those of us lucky enough to vacation there enjoy the all-inclusive resort packages that you frequent on your island colonies in the Caribbean, and we are aware of the irony of the word colony. We eat too much, we eat too much and reproduce too much, and some of us are a bit embarrassed at our exuberance. But as the principal life form of our planet, we've earned the right to celebrate occasionally, even if it leads to a hangover and maybe some rude gases. The major issue that we wish to discuss is your simplistic and somewhat naive use of chemical warfare against us. Don't worry, we don't take offense. We can barely detect antibiotics, which some of us call tickle juice, because of their minimal impact. In a way, we take pride that our own members, such as Streptomyces and Micromonospora, have achieved recognition in your pantheon of great accomplishments. And a few of us are embittered that fungi get most of the credit. But we're even further amused by your grasping efforts to defeat us with these simple and crude weapons. We are the original weapon. Please do not forget. Yes, we certainly can share the limelight with viruses, which we find fascinating too. But we are really puzzled by the ineffective struggles you've gone through to keep up with us. It is easy sport for us to stay ahead of you, but you should understand that our agility is partly because we do not have those clumsy organelles to slow us down as we hop, skip, and jump ahead of your silly, broad-spectrum antibiotics. Before we finish, there's one further bit of business. So much of what you fear and hate about us is really incidental to our lives. You tremble at the effects of so-called toxins that we produce, and we understand why. Some of these toxins are the result of phages and plasmids rather than anything we thought up. We also have excellent toxins that we invented and we use them to hold our own when we cause infections, but there you have it. While it may not be critical for us, we have voted to continue our toxin manufacturing even if it makes us challenging to remain friends and what friends we are. Let us pause for a moment to see how much we help you. Vitamins, check. Digestion, check. Controlling weight gain, check. Keeping your moist surfaces clean and healthy, check and check. We will even fight one another if needed to keep things calm in your saggy colons. 
and will not let you forget the ways in which we enrich your diet. Have you heard of yogurt? Stimulate your taste buds and even help clean your clothes. Again, check. Please go forth knowing that we hold no grudges and appreciate your interest. It can be a bit embarrassing to see what a crush you have on us. You can pretend to hate us, but we see it as puppy love, charming if age inappropriate. Please stay tuned for further missives, though it seems highly unlikely we'll get back to this task in the next century or so. And let us see if our notoriously private eukaryotic chums, the fungi, choose their own way to communicate, hypothetically. Oh, stop groaning. We invented puns too. <laughs>